0: Hi, I'm
1: Patricia Grabarek and I'm Katina Sawyer and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today we have uh, Patricia uh, talking in a mini-sode a little bit about uh, new guidelines uh, from the World Health Organization about burnout in the workplace.
0: Yes, I think it's a really important topic. Um, It's been in the media kind of all over the place, everyone talking about what who has said, um, I'm going to say who because I love saying who for <laughs> World Health Organization. It just makes me so happy that that's their acronym. I don't know why. Who? Uh,
1: so, who? You who said so it? <laughs> who did? That's like a who's on first, like that yeah. word. It, it, who did? It totally
0: is. Who did? It's like, a, it's totally the who's on first thing. It so is. It's like, who Who wrote this article? Who, who? came out with this? <laughs> Designation. <laughs> who who. who? who. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know. I like it. I, it makes me happy. I like so I will like call it, it who. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna spend some time talking about what happened with who and what they published recently. Um but first just wanna see how you're doing. Everything's yeah. going well with you? I'm doing
1: good. Everything, um, yeah, everything's going well. Uh, feet are coming along um I would like to see what the world what who has to say about foot injuries <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah everything's going good how about you
0: good I'm doing well too um I'm glad your feet are coming along
1: yes yeah and
0: I think like crazy exciting to report um which is fine so yeah things are going well Things are going well, but there's lots to talk about. So, yes. might as well get to it. Well, it's always good when you
1: see IO and org psych related topics in the news. So, this is mm-hmm. like particularly cool that that was the case.
0: Yeah, I was very excited when I saw it. I was like, we have to talk about this. Um, I just really wanted to dive in and kind of get an understanding. You know, there's a, there were a lot of publications um, talking about it and kind of some misinformation, honestly, out there. Um, If you just read headlines, it would be easy to walk away thinking one thing when in reality it's not really what they published. So I'm just going to explain what they did first. Cool. So every – I think it's every few years um, who publishes the International Classification of Diseases. It's ICD. Uh, And this is the 11th version of it. And in this version, what they did is they actually – classified burnout as an occupational phenomena um, and defined it in a lot of detail. So contrary to what everybody said in the publications, it was not classified as a medical disease or medical diagnosis or a medical condition. Um, It's an occupational phenomena. So it's kind of just calling it out as a thing that happens, a syndrome that happens. um, And it's something for mental health and you know, other health professionals to really keep an eye out for. Um, It doesn't say like the first thing you should do is look for burnout symptoms. They really specify that you need to be ruling out things like depression and anxiety first. And then if after you've ruled that out, you realize that the stem of the problems are from stress from work, then that's where you would say, okay, you probably have burnout. And what are the things that people can do to improve improve their um, situation if they're experiencing burnout. So again, it's not a medical disease, which is kind of what some of the headlines made it seem like they were actually saying
1: yeah that's interesting I'm glad that um we're talking about this because I think it points to a bigger issue as well of needing to go to the source document when you see something that's being written about something that you know you're you're getting a report on secondhand so I think it's actually Mm -hmm. just a good shout out of like good practice to go follow up on um, what actually was said in a report or what actually was said in a research study, because we find that a lot um, that, you know, people tweet about stuff or talk about stuff online. And everybody's kind of talking about a secondhand interpretation. But in reality, mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, there's something else going on if you go to the original source.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I think it's critical because the way things are interpreted in popular press can sometimes be changed and skewed from what it was originally meant and it's not intentional necessarily but you know sometimes it's being interpreted by somebody that just doesn't necessarily know how to interpret the information like if they're going to like a um a peer-reviewed journal for example there's a lot of statistics in there right you don't know how to interpret that you might interpret something improperly so there's a lot of um a lot that's lost in that translation sometimes. So it's good to go back to the original source. And I think a lot of the sources this morning, I was kind of looking through um, articles about it. And a lot of the different media sources have corrected what they wrote. Mm. So it's not that it wasn't understood, except for the buzz has started to fade a little bit. So now people are still walking away with that impression because they saw all the headlines when it came out. Gotcha. And no one's gone back, right? To see that, oh, wait, actually it's not a medical disease. Right.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Um. so what do you think these findings mean for people like employees or what do you think it means for uh, managers how does this kind of change the way that we think about
0: burnout or how people might treat burnout at the work in the workplace well I think the thing that's gonna I'm hoping that this will have an impact on is just kind of how we're viewing burnout from a societal level whose influence is a lot broader than just at one organization, right? And just the employees. So they're trying to look at policy, trying to influence at a kind of a grander scale. So I think having a very detailed definition of what burnout is, is huge. So they had burnout in their previous version of this classification of diseases, but it was really vague. It was basically just like experience of exhaustion, like mm-hmm. super vague. And now it's super detailed in the sense that it's basically define the exact same way that the organizational psychology literature defines it, where burnout is, um, you know, a a syndrome that's caused by chronic workplace stress um, that includes feelings of exhaustion, like emotional exhaustion or energy depletion. They talk about um, increased mental distance from one's job or just kind of feeling separate from the job, feeling negative, feeling cynical about the job. And then reduced professional efficacy. So in other words, not feeling like you're actually able to accomplish things, just kind of feeling ineffective. Mm -hmm. Um, All things that, we talk about all the time with burnout. So I am very pleased to see that they've defined burnout in the way that we've been measuring it as a field and yeah. studying it and talking about it. So when people take this classification, they look at um, what who wrote, they're looking at it the same way. So now our lens is the same across the board, across medical professionals and psychologists. So we're all looking at it the same way, um, which I think will help because we'll be able to get more studies and more research done and if medical professionals are indicating that somebody's you know experiencing burnout in some way then maybe we'll be able to collect data from a much grander scale on how pervasive burnout is um or you know how it's impacting maybe you know a country's bottom line or health or whatever Mm -hmm. we want to call about it call it like kind of much much broader than maybe what we look at generally yeah um and who has actually stated that they're going to embark on figuring out how to make some evidence-based guidelines on how to handle mental well-being in the workplace. So they're thinking in the exact same way that we are in trying to make some sort of impact and guidelines for people and for countries, organizations, et cetera, on how to um, improve mental well-being at work.
1: Yeah. I think that's really cool because um, you know once you understand and define things the same way, It allows people to start speaking the same language across different entities. So medical professionals can more easily speak to organizational psychologists who can more easily speak to, uh, you know, researchers in other disciplines that uh, we're all kind of on the same page about what this is. And so, you know, when people do studies, it also might encourage them to measure, Uh, things the same way so that our findings mean the same thing I was just reading this article the other day if you like the word who maybe you'll also like this (laughs) it was about the jingle and jangle fallacy which basically I know (laughs) jingle and jangle so jingle is what happens when you have you're calling something the same thing as everybody else but everybody has a different meaning for it so like how burnout has been like they're saying burnout one way in the past guidelines. We're saying burnout, we means something else. Maybe uh, another set of researchers says burnout, they mean something different. Um, and then the jangle fallacy, which is we're all saying the same thing, but we're calling it something different. Um, <laughs> or we're all meaning the same thing, but we have a different name for it. Um, so yeah. the jingle jangle stuff makes things really wonky because you can be talking about the same thing, but meaning something totally different or talking about different things, but meaning the same thing. um, And it creates a lack of consistency across how people operate. So, when a big organization comes out and defines something, particularly when the definition is aligned with, uh, you know, good practice and good science, it helps to promote uh, better focus and emphasis on things as they are actually defined um, and, and a consistency across it so that we can actually compare results which is a problem when you have things defined differently, but you're calling them the same thing, the results then aren't comparable. So you can say like burnout relates to health in one area, but if you're defining burnout differently than another study, another study might find out it's not related to health, but they're not really measuring the same thing. So they are actually two different kinds of studies. So I think that um, this is really helpful to have sort of more consistency in the definition and like an organization that's coming out with a a detailed definition so that people can
0: do a better job of capturing it. Agreed. Yeah. I think having a big organization like this that people trust and rely on in a lot of ways, calling it out and defining it is going to help research so much. Like I really think that's where this is going to have the biggest impact. Um, hopefully those guidelines that they come out with are going to be really great and strong and helpful. But right now with just a definition, like obviously it's great. We're all talking about the same thing, but that's going to be where the research impact happens. Once those guidelines come out, once they develop all of that, that's where I think we're going to have the more practical impact of what they're doing and what they're proposing um, because people will actually be able to follow guidelines versus just understanding what the concept is.
1: Yeah, and I guess once those guidelines come out, people can find will be able to find them online and bring them to their employers. So like people who are listening might be able to, if you're feeling burnout in your job and you're feeling like, you know, not being heard or that's not being received or you're a manager and you're trying to advocate for a broader understanding of burnout, like those guidelines will be published online. So people will be able to find them and use them in their own
0: organizations. Is that accurate? Yes, exactly. They'd be able to use them, leverage them. Um, I was reading an NPR article about all of this and they were talking about how a lot of European countries actually take what who recommends and will Um, implement laws and and different practices within the country to enforce some of these health guidelines. So Mm. I think there could be an impact in the workplace because of, you know, other countries actually wanting to, to make that impact. And hopefully the U S will tag along with that, but you never know. I'm not sure. Um, It sounds like from what NPR was saying, that's very common for European countries to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know how the rest of the world will react, but at least it kind of, it should move the needle in some, in some cases. And hopefully, um, that'll kind of trickle across the globe and, and have other organizations and countries really follow that lead. Yeah. It's interesting that, um,
1: you know, European countries take such a nod from it. And, uh, you know, other places like U.S. takes less of a nod from it. So, um, (laughs) and it seems to make sense, right? Like we're generally less workplace wellness focused than other places or less wellness focused than other places. But that, I guess, doesn't mean that employees themselves can't, take it upon themselves to try to at least use the information to advocate. Um, if they're, you know, if it's less likely that your organization itself is going to be paying attention, you can bring it to their attention. And probably you'll have to do some work on making the business case for it, which, um, you know, we have a lot of other information in our other podcast episodes or uh, blog posts that can help you do that. But um, yeah, it might take a little bit more selling or convincing, but ultimately I think, you um, you know, having the information and they'll probably do a good job of summarizing it is better than
0: not. Agreed. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to see a difference with everything that who's done. But I'm really excited that they've paid attention to this, that they're making um, a conscious effort to bring this kind of to light and to define it. And I mean, it made a big buzz, right? Like what we do is not going to make the same buzz as what who does, right? right? So like Who's going to come out and everyone's going to talk about it and there's gonna be an NPR article about it. CNN's going to talk about it. and Everyone's talking about it, but you know, not everyone has that power. So it's really exciting to see an organization with that kind of leverage to actually bring attention to burnout. Um, in this way totally well maybe when the guidelines come
1: out we can do another uh, episode on it and uh, let people know what they look like or write a blog post about it so that people have the um, resources available when they do come out with the more detailed guidelines that people can bring uh, into work with them agreed I think it will be great Um, just one more time since you love it so much just say who who who
0: Who is defining burnout? (laughs) (laughs) Who 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 who? I really do love it. I don't know why. It's so weird. You should have been an owl. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I was an owl in another life, and that's why I am so excited about this. Your your spirit animal, quite literally. (laughs) Maybe. Well, maybe that's all
1: from us and. Who, uh, but um, <laughs> I'm sure if you uh, want to learn more, we're going to put the link
0: in our show notes, but we'll also mm-hmm. keep you posted as things unfold. Definitely. Yes. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments or feedback or thoughts on this topic, um, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at workerbeing.com, email us at workerbeing at gmail.com, and contact us on social media at workerbeing on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson.